Hello and welcome back to The Will and Rob Show. My name is Will Stockdale, and we are continuing our summer series comments. Uh, this week, I'm very excited to have with me Dominique McKay, who has been a friend of Ministry Estate for several years now, since you were on the, started on the Hill. You were one of the first people I met, actually, when I uh, was interviewing for this job. So, yes, I was. Um, I remember that well. I spent a long day with Michael Langer running through the halls of uh, the house office building, having no idea what was going on as people were getting sworn in. Um, I think Michael was doing his best to take me through the ringer. And then Mary Francis was hosting a group of friends uh, to get tacos at District Taco. And so uh, I remember you showed up there. And so just excited to have you on. Um, Dominique started out her experience as an unpaid intern. I think that's important to mention as we're doing this series for interns. Uh, and then she worked with Senator Enhoff. She went on to work for the Education and Workforce Committee. And then and starting in 2017, Dominique became the press secretary for the Senate Republican Conference and Senator John Thune, uh, when Thune became the Senate Majority Whip. And so since then, Dominique, you recently have moved off the Hill and you're now working for a public relations team. And so just really uh, excited to have you on and would love to start by first asking how you heard of Commons and how you initially got involved with the Commons ministry. Yeah, thanks, Will, for having me on. Um, I really appreciate getting the chance to talk about uh, some of my activities on the Hill. Uh, I first heard of Commons and Ministry to State back in 2015. Um, that's when I first started attending a Bible study on the Hill um, in the Senate and kind of meeting new people. And I heard about this program that Ministry to State does each summer to help interns get connected um, with other Christians and um, just, you know, build a community on the Hill and around DC. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really applaud Ministry to State and all the work that, you know, Chuck and you guys have been doing to, to build up those communities for people that work on the Hill and especially commons for a lot of the new, new people coming into DC. I started as an intern as well. And so I, I totally understand what it's like to be new in a city and to be young and um, in DC for the first summer. So yeah, that's kind of an overview of how I learned about Commons and got connected with Ministry of State. We're super thankful for you and um, glad to have you on, like I said. And when, when you look back to being an intern on the Hill uh, working, what was most unexpected? Yeah, so I started as an intern on Capitol Hill back in 2012, and so this was um, this was after right after the recession, the recession back from into 2008, um, and you know we were having it was an election year. President Obama was elected that year to his second term, and so you know the Hill was was pretty busy. Um, it was a buzz of, of a lot of young people. One of the things about the Hill is that there are a lot of young staffers that work there. That's one of the notable things that I think is different than other industries. Um, but I really enjoyed just meeting people that were very passionate about not just politics, but making positive changes in their community and um, working for members who were passionate about making positive changes passionate about advancing 
uh, agendas that would help disenfranchised communities. Um, and that, that was something unique and is something unique about Capitol Hill and something I really enjoyed getting to be a part of at such a young age. You mentioned different um, agendas, different programs, different passions people have. Sadly, when most people think of Washington right now, they think of gridlock, they think of partisan divides that are really deep, people not getting along. When you started working here, I mean, it wasn't like the good old days. It was, there was still some, some vitriol. There was still a lot of divide. Um, how, did, how was it to interact, to meet um, other people your same age who came from a different ideological perspective or a different political perspective who had different passions, interests? And what was it like to learn from them, to engage with them, um, for y'all to kind of sharpen each other in your political mm -hmm. thinking? Yeah, it, there was definitely a political divide when I first started on the Hill. It was still kind of in the early stages of what we see now, what it's grown to become uh, much worse than what it was back in 2012. But I will say, I think, you know, my experience on the Hill in the eight years that I was there is that a lot of the workers whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you know, we all have to work together to get things done. And I think even now that motivation is there among the staff. Um, and we, we definitely work across the aisle to create communities with one another, um, especially for the communications teams, because our bosses work together on legislation. And so we, we kind of work to build that community. It takes work. It has to be intentional. You don't just kind of stumble into relationships with people that you don't agree with politically. But we work to definitely be intentional about that. I definitely did the entire time I was on the Hill. I think it's really important to develop relationships with people who are different than you, um, not only just to make you a well-rounded person in society, but also that's how you can make change for the positive. I'm kind of going off script here, but you, you brought up something I think that is so important. And since I have you, I feel like it's a good chance to just take advantage of this moment and ask you another uh, question in line with what was just asked of whether it's a, a college student or a young graduate who is looking to intern or uh, someone who's in their 60s or 70s who is watching the news, what advice would you give? Because I, I imagine it's probably pretty similar advice in learning to engage with people who do have different perspectives. As you take your experience of engaging with other communications teams, because oftentimes it seems like you guys are working, you know, there's at odds a little. Uh, so how, how can we best engage each other in a way that is loving, in a way that builds bridges? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think as Christians, it's really important to develop just a compassion for people. And I know in our communities, and especially as social media has kind of taken over our lives, it's really easy to just go into your corners and, you know, get affirmations from people that agree with you on everything. But I think as a Christian, when you develop compassion for, for people, in the way that God has compassion for people, you, you more easily desire a relationship with people who are not necessarily like you or, you know, don't agree on everything that you 
you think, I think a part of the Christian call is to step into those communities that, you know, are not Christian communities that wouldn't necessarily agree with you on social issues and to develop relationships with those people. Um, Not even necessarily to the end that they would change their minds about things, but primarily to show them the compassion and love that God has for them. Um, And when you do that in those relationships, it creates a bond that even when you disagree on, you know, politics or faith or other issues, you still have a love for them that carries that relationship through the hardships. You know, we serve a God who gives those two almost impossible commands to love our neighbors and our enemies. He, he, uh, he knows what is best for us, but it often doesn't feel like he makes it easy on us in the command to be salt and light to others around us. You've worked here and lived here. How has Christian community and either in your church and with ministry to state, how has that supported you? And, and how would you encourage other people to pursue community intentionally while living in D.C.? How essential is that element? Yeah, Christian community is really important when you live in a city where people are always moving in and out. Um, I definitely intentionally, when I came onto the Hill, sought out Christian communities and organizations that were working to minister to people on Capitol Hill um, in various ways. And I think that's really important because as you go, whether your industry is politics or something else, finding Christians that are within that specific industry is really important to help you get through some of the hardships that come with that, you know, work, whether it's the medical field or teaching or um, politics, knowing other Christians that are also walking the same path with you can help you to make decisions when, you know, you're kind of faced with you know, some kind of moral dilemma. Um, They can pray with you when you, you know, have sacrifices that come up in the workplace. Um, That's just really essential to help you get through the day to day. Um, You really can't do community. You really can't work in these really hard industries on your own without having Christians there to support you who know what you're going through. And as you went from intern to working with with Senator Thune to now working with narrative strategies doing communications public affairs um how has that how has I guess that community and really the church and your faith played a role as you've moved around also did you ever think that you were going to leave the hill to work um in the, I guess, kind of in the private sector. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, or when I initially planned to move to DC, I did not seek out to work in politics. Um, but that was the position that was open to me. And okay. so that is how I ended up on Capitol Hill. Um, and I ended up enjoying it and staying for eight years. So it was clearly, you know, God's path for me. But I think one of the things that I've always held to when making plans for life is, you know, I make, loosely make plans. um, But then as I go about it, I I like to evaluate and reevaluate my goals. And I always am willing to change my mind about things. I'm willing to change course. You know, I I fully invest in what I'm doing and where I am. 
but I'm always willing to let that go as well. And so, you know, coming on the Hill was unexpected and, you know, in some ways kind of leaving the Hill is a hard decision as well. I mean, a lot of people actually don't stay on the Hill as long as I did. Um, and so, you know, when people do get to kind of eight to 10 years, they do make kind of a decision as to whether that's something they're going to continue doing into retirement or is it, you know, time to change course. And I think that's a hard decision for everyone um, that has to make it. But it's something that as Christians, I think we're, we're always called to reevaluate where God is calling us. And whether it's something you want to do or it's something you don't want to do, you really have to be attentive to his voice and his call for the mission that he's, he's called you to. And so early on, you know, when I started on the Hill, I definitely felt called there. And, and I would say it, it took three or four years before I was really confident in that. And before I really started to live that out fully, the mission of being on the Hill and embracing a lot of people that didn't think like me and developing relationships with those people. Um, and so I really felt called to that. Um, but then, you know, eight years later, I really felt like God was calling me to do something else. And so that's kind of why I made the change. But it's really, again, about being attentive to God's voice. Yeah, I was listening to a Tim Keller sermon earlier, our, our you know, Il Papa up in Manhattan for the PCA. And he was talking about Abraham and God's call to Abraham and the security that is in that call. And as we know, God doesn't say go to the promised land. He doesn't say go to X spot. He says, go to the land I will show you, which requires a constant listening. Abraham had to constantly be awaiting God to give him the next step. Um, and that's still a part of our faith. That doesn't change. Yeah. And you're really, throughout your life, you're really walking into the dark with God on a lot of things. Um, I feel like, you know, in our Christian world, we think that one day, you know, God's will for the rest of our life is just going to dawn on us and, you know, suddenly we'll step into the calling. But, you know, every day you wake up and you have to, you know, ask God, like, what is your will for me today? And that takes you down a lot of different unknown roads, but, but you, the point is that you have God's presence with you throughout that journey. And that is the thing that gives you peace. Yeah. And as you're saying, so I just realized, oh my gosh, Dominic, you started your new job, <laughs> like right before, I mean, like a week, like you, you had two weeks off, right? Like you had between working at Thune's office and then starting with narrative strategy. So you had this tiny window and yeah. then the whole world shut down. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at everything that happened with impeachment starting in January to, I mean, everything that is still going on that snowballed to be the June 2020, how are you processing that with, with like listening to God's call on your life, taking kind of inventory of where he has brought you? Um, and just how you view your work and calling in the sum total of events. 
Yeah, you know, at the beginning of the year, we started it off with an impeachment, and there was a lot of uncertainty around, you know, the mechanics of that historic event. I mean, it's a very historic event in American history. And I remember in February, probably right after the impeachment, I was talking with a friend just about, you know, some of the chaos that was going on back then in the media and just in our lives in DC, you know, and I, I remember telling my friend or texting them, you know, that God was really like pressing on my heart to be meditating about the story of Christ when he falls asleep on the boat in the storm. And, you know, I told my friend, and this was back in February, you know, I really think the call for this generation of Christians is to be the ones who are peacefully resting in the boat in the storm, not really even knowing like what would happen just in the next month, you know, COVID would start to spiral. And then what's happening now with a lot of um, the racial injustice protesting that we're seeing. But I think, you know, it's an example of, like I was saying, listening to God's voice and in the calm you know, he is preparing you for the storm. He is preparing you for what will come. And it's really important to be attentive to him and to cling to him in those, in those times because he's preparing you for, for um, the hardships. And so, you know, for me, I had no idea, you know, what 2020 would bring like everyone else. But I really work to learn more about God in the times of peace um, learn about suffering in the times of peace, you know, read and study about suffering and people and Christians who have suffered before us in the times of peace so that when the hardships come, I have some framework for how to deal with them um, and for how to help other people help guide them through those hardships as well. That's wonderful. I, <clears throat> my next question was going to be, what advice would you give to interns who are thinking about working in DC? And in some ways I think you, you gave it already, but I'd love to hear your thoughts of, of encouraging us to peacefully rest in the boat. But as people are assessing their futures, um, and there are some interns up here, not as many as there normally would be, but as interns are thinking about coming, what would be your encouragement to them? Uh, our theme verse is to take every thought captive to Christ. And, encouraging them to to take the slew of things that are inundating us and to make sure that they're conforming to what Christ would have for us and for the direction that he's leading us. So just what would be your your advice, your your wisdom for young men and women thinking about working in DC? You know, I think I think the first thing that they really have to evaluate is is are they committed to, you know, the walk that they're going to have to have here in DC? Because it is a difficult city to live in, in terms of relationship building. It's hard to develop community here. And I think, you know, you really have to determine in, in the early stages, in the early years, um, what is your commitment level? For me personally, you know, I, like I said, I always look at something as like, I am fully invested in what I'm doing. 
I can give it up if that's what God has called me to do. But while I'm there, you know, I, I develop relationships as if those are the relationships that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Um, and I think that's important. You have to, you have to have that ambition to fully invest in this community here. And it can't be, you know, a lot of interns come to DC and they think of it as just an experience, a good experience that they're going to have, but it's really an investment. Um, and that's, that's not only DC, that's anywhere you go that God is calling you to, you know, it's not just an experience, it's an investment. And so I, I would say the first thing that they should think about and evaluate is, you know, are they, are they fully invested in this life? And is this the community that God is really, is really calling them to be a part of? Um, and then I think, like I, like I said earlier, I think you have to reevaluate that through the years too um, and be attentive to God's voice as he, you know, one day he may call you away. And a lot of times people in DC get so attached to the jobs they have here, um, the status that they have here, that they aren't able to break away. So be fully invested, but hold all things loosely. That's wonderful. That's really great advice. Thank you so much. I love that. Not just an experience, but an investment. And as Christians, we're not, I mean, I guess, you know, vacations are the exception perhaps, but I was reading this book on, on kind of on temple theology and the idea seems to be is as God's people were sent out and as we're moving towards the promised land, wherever they set up and waited um, for God, they were kind of setting these outcroppings, these outposts that were leading towards the building of the temple, towards the tabernacle and then the temple. And as Christians today, as we live between the ascension of Christ and his second coming, as we're this command to fill the earth and subdue it has been turned into make disciples of all nations. As we go forth, we set these outcroppings and these outposts. And that idea of investing in a place um, is a very rich one biblically. It is very, is very rich. So um, Dominique, thanks so much for being on. Thanks for sharing your thoughts and your wisdom. Um, Dominique, what is your Twitter handle? I'd love for people to have access to your Twitter yeah, so my Twitter is my first and last name with an underscore at the end. Okay. And definitely feel free to follow me, uh, message me for tips and advice okay. on life in DC. Oh, awesome. Take her up on it, everybody. Um, again, my name is Will Stockdale. You can follow me on Twitter at Stockdale Will. And Robert Hassler, who will be editing this. So I hope you're listening, Robert, uh, at RD Hassler. So thank you all so much. I look forward to being with you next week.